Welcome to the Adult Children Voices Across America Speakers Meeting Podcast. You may attend this meeting live on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time using the Zoom ID 848-520-80640, password 061120. For more information about adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families, visit adultchildren.org. The following speaker share from Alaska was recorded on November 16th, 2023. It's nice to um, see lots of familiar faces here actually today. I really appreciate um, people coming out and supporting me. Um, My name is Alaska and I am adult children. Um, I... um, I've I've done um a lot of speaking recently. <laughs> and uh so I'll I'll just talk a little bit about um may you know my family and and what I am now seeing um as um you know what what has led to my family's dysfunction. Um and and then I'm going to talk about like what I've, you know, the kind of things I've been um, realizing lately about, about myself um, and through this program. Uh, the first thing I'm going to talk about is, um, is sharing, um, having, you know, one of the things is having notes or having, um, knowing what I'm going to say, what I'm going to talk about. Um, Recently, I kind of had the thought that um, that that I thought that I was uh, dissociating when I shared, and I and I thought this because um, like up until you know I'll raise my hand to share, and but up until the point where I'm just about to share, I would be thinking, oh, and then I'm going to talk about this, oh, and then somebody will say something in the meeting, and then I'll go, oh yeah, and it'll connect things, and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to talk about that, I'm going to talk about this or whatever. And then, but then as soon as I open my mouth, it just all disappears. And what I say is almost, I can kind of almost feel like I'm in a trance sometimes. And, and so I thought, um, so to me, it seemed like that that was being performative maybe. Um, And, but I've, now come around to thinking that um actually it's the other way around that that me thinking about what i'm going to talk about (laughs) oh i'm going to share about this oh i'm going to you know whatever this brilliant realization or whatever it is and um that that that's the performative part um but that when i when i start sharing um i i thought that it was dissociation because i you know, just every all of my thoughts kind of disappear, and then and then I'm just kind of talking. And but what, but what I think that that really is, I think that that actually is me. Um, and I believe that um, I started dissociating at a really early age, probably um, maybe before, um, you know maybe pre-verbal even. 
and that my natural state is a state of confusion, is a state of what's going on. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, and that when, you know, when, um, when I'm sharing, um, it's my way of connecting to, to the universe. Um, and I have lived in such a way and not consciously, but that feeling very disconnected. Um, and then I just enacted that disconnection throughout my life. Um, so let's see. So starting from a point of um, being, you know, just letting, letting myself be, letting myself be and, and not judging. Um, all right, so my parents, both my parents are adult children. Um, they're similar-ish, but also very different. And, and I can see how I have um, absorbed both of their um, dysfunctional behaviors um, into, into my own, into my own being, even, even as I have lived my entire life thinking that I had been rejecting, um, rejecting who they, who they were, how they were, um, how they saw, how they saw me, how they lived their lives, um, the perspective they lived their lives from, um and um both of my parents um are japanese american um i'm like fourth generation third fourth generation and um uh they so my mother was born during um the time that uh, her family was interned um and my father was a couple of years old um but what what happened with that was that uh, the the government came and knocked on their doors one day and basically said, "You guys got to go," and um, confiscated um, everything, their land, their bank accounts, their property. Um, and um, my dad was sent to Wyoming. My mom was sent to Utah. Um, when they got out they got none of it back. Um, and so my parents and particularly my dad, like literally came from nothing, literally. And, um, and I grew up, I was born, I was born here in San Francisco, but I grew up in the, in the South Bay and in, in Los Gatos, um, which is, um, it's a very affluent place. Um, and so I lived a pretty materially materially comfortable life. Um, and and I've said many times that that was, um, you know, my father was able to give me that, my mother, at the expense of their emotional life. Um, my father had to 
completely <laughs> detach from um, his emotions uh, to endure whatever he endured. And, you know, and I've heard, I've heard some of it, but to be honest, I can't, I can't really listen to a lot of it. Um, it's too disturbing for me. Um, and I can't, I, I personally could not imagine enduring um, the type of racism that, that he dealt with. And um, and I have not personally dealt with anything even close to that. Um, but um, that obviously shaped the way he lived and it shaped the way that my mother lived. Um, my father, uh, you know, my both of my parents, no addictions that, you know, no apparent addictions, not even any, you know, <laughs> Compulsion, you know, anything, anything, just super, super normal people that went to work every single day. You know, I never heard my mother or father ever once complain about going to work. Um, I, I don't think that my father ever stayed home being sick or something. Um, and the thing is that, you know, it's so one might think that like I grew up in a kind of a, I don't know, an, an, a judgmental, a critically judgmental, um, super strict um, Asian family or something like that. But no, it wasn't like that at all. Um, I was a wild child. I thought I was a rebel. Um, and, um, and my parents pretty much didn't know what to do with me. I mean, that's what I heard all the time. I don't know what to do. I don't. And um, and so I embraced that. I embraced being broken. Um, I embraced being, um, you know, my mom was just, you know, you're so irresponsible. Um, and Although I was, um, I was actually put into a special school and a special program for being like one of the top like half a percent um, intelligence in the entire like school district. Um, I dropped out of school. I dropped out of high school um, and uh, just got into craziness. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. And I have, I have always felt like um, a teenager. Um, I have never felt like an adult. Um, I'm, I've never been married. Um, I don't have kids. Um, I haven't had a job last longer than five years. Um, I've worked for myself. Um, for most of my adult life. Um, I've also lived by myself for most of my adult life. Um, I, I've, I am like 100% an adult child. Um, and 
you know, so like, so one of the things that um, really caught my attention, you know, out of all the ACA readings is the solution. Um, and, you know, I really can trace my ACA recovery through, through the solution. Um, I, I've memorized it. So, you know, I didn't <laughs> the solution to become my own loving parent. You know, as I, as I came out of isolation, um, and the, the line that always really struck me is, um, when, when we release our parents for responsibility for our actions today, um, I, I was like, I released them a long time ago. <laughs> Um, I, they, they did me no good. <laughs> they were no, they were of no help to me. Um, and, and I really, you know, I just, I didn't really, you know, there's a lot of the program that, that I could really like, oh, okay. Yeah. I see this. I see this. I'm 100% adult. Um, but that one, I was, you know, I knew, I somehow knew that it was significant. But, but I didn't really get exactly how. And over over the last three years, um, I have worked in ACA program. <laughs> um, I I mean I would say that in in the last three years, because of COVID, because of um, the meetings coming online, um. I mean, I've done the equivalent, I'm sure, of like six years, nine years. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, sometimes going to three meetings a day, every day. And and even, even now, I pretty much go to a meeting every day. Um, and if I don't go to a meeting on that day, I talk to a fellow traveler. Um, so, you know, when I first started coming to ACA was like 2018 maybe and uh and it was in-person meetings and that was once a week <laughs> once a week <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even imagine now I can't even imagine now <laughs> going coming to ACA uh once a week and feeling as if I was getting anywhere <laughs> I can't I can't imagine um and so um yeah coming coming to ACA um has incredibly changed incredibly changed my life in ways that all of the other things that I have I have tried and endeavored and I have tried I have tried a lot a lot um has never come even close to um what ACA has has brought me, um, and what is it? Um, you know, I I really believe it is. You know, the the whole idea of reparenting, um, the idea of the fellow traveler, um, and the the solidarity of of us all being adult children um 
I I do I do believe that we all get here in different ways. Um, um, we may have all experienced trauma, but our trauma is very different. Um, and and the way that it the way that I express it is is going to be different. I mean, I I I could see now it's the same mechanics behind it, but um, but the the experience of my trauma when I'm able to understand that I'm experiencing it, um, you know, it's gonna it's it's very different from from when I hear other people, uh, other fellow travelers share, and yet I do one hundred percent believe that the solution is the same that um for all of the different traumas that the solution is to become my own loving parent is really to learn to love myself and and to learn that i i am loved um that i am love um and you know and so for me i guess i'll talk a little bit about like how i feel like that is how i'm able to um very very slowly gain gain that understanding and gain that sense of um of connection really i think um i think for me that um the kind of the the antidote for um for my dysfunction is connection um and and i think it's because ultimately um i've gone through life feeling completely alone um I I don't know what that means exactly, <laughs> except for I know what it means experientially. Um, and so let's see. Um, a, a few things I've been realizing lately um, are um my my critical survival parent um and that you know beginning to really understand um that really you know so my for me it's my critical survival parent and um and I just I just shared about this in a meeting so I feel like I'm repeating myself but um is is my is my mother and i had an interaction with her recently um and and every time i have an interaction with her since i've been in aca it's a learning experience either a new inner child comes forward <laughs> or or i'm able to just understand the like the, the mechanism behind um behind a lot of the dysfunction um so what so um i was uh 
so when I first told my mother that I was coming to ACA meetings, um, she asked, what's ACA? And I said, um, it's um, adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families. And uh, her first thing was, well, your parents aren't alcoholic. And I was like, yeah, no, I know that. But but the family is a little bit dysfunctional. And that's, that's how I said it. Um, and, uh, you know, just no response. She didn't say anything. But then the next day, um, I got all these text messages and um, and voicemails, um, and I didn't listen to the voicemails. I've never listened to them, um, but the text messages said, "I resent you saying that the family is dysfunctional. You're the only dysfunctional one in the family. Um, you have always been the only dysfunctional one in the family. You have a bad attitude. I mean, just all kinds of stuff." And um, and that was actually the first time that my inner child came forward. Um, I heard just the, I just heard this little voice saying, "That's not me." And um, and then the last thing that she wrote was, um, "If you are, if you, if you won't, or if you don't take the blame off of me, I don't want to see you." I don't want you to come and visit. And um, and I haven't visited her since then. That was like, I don't know, three years ago. Um, but but we have spoken. <laughs> we have spoken. She sends me little emojis on Veterans Day and <laughs> every other weird Hallmark holiday. Um, and um, and you know, it's like, well, all right, you know, I've, I'm learning, I'm learning. I mean, that's, that's who she is. And, um, and so, all right, <laughs> so I'm just going to skip over. So then recently, um, she, um, has been diagnosed with Parkinson and she just sent, she sent me a text message saying, oh, I've got Parkinson. And, um, um, but before she sent that she she didn't know what was going on she was just having you know all kinds of different health things and um and there was a period of time there was a very short period of time when she really didn't know what she what was going on and she was sending me these messages saying things like i'm really scared um you know this and this and 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 i just was kind of like oh well hang in there you know <laughs> I mean, I'm keeping my distance from her, but um, I, I just found it a bit odd. Um, so then uh, when she told me or, you know, she sent me a message saying that she's been diagnosed with Parkinson's, so I just thought like, well, I should probably call her. Um, and, um, and so I called and uh, she talked about that a little bit. And then she said, um, what have you been doing? Um, and what I've been doing is ACA. <laughs> That's all that I've been doing. Um, so, um, so what I did say was, um, well, I've been, um, doing stuff. I've been doing some work around, um, about racial trauma, about racism and trauma in, in children and, um, I uh, just doing some work with some people on that and and some writing and um 
And then the first thing she said was, so what are you doing for money? And um, when she said that, it just cut. Um, and, and I didn't, you know, I didn't really realize it at the time, but later on, and especially talking to, um, to a fellow traveler about it, um, that just gutted me. And, and it's a familiar, it's a familiar kind of um, criticism and that, that my mother has always, has always done. And so, but, and what this has helped me to see and understand is how my critical parent works. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't hear, you know, I don't hear things like, oh, you did that wrong or, um, oh, people are going to think, you know, people are going to think this about you or, you know, I don't, I don't hear those, you know, if I make a mistake, I'm just like, whoops, whatever, you know, and, um, and so I didn't understand, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't really understand if, if I don't have these messages, you know, if, if I'm not hearing these negative messages, um, that keep me from, you know, why don't I, you know, what is, what is stopping me? from from doing things and um and and this you know ac is just layers right <laughs> just peeling back layers and layers and layers and layers. and and i feel like this layer this is like so close to the bone <laughs> that it's it's so hard to see it's so hard to differentiate this is the me versus not me um Thoughts that, you know, and I'm going to be speaking from uh, the ACA schematic and the sixth clinical recovery time, you know, the thoughts that have been interjected into me, um, the beliefs and the projections of other people um, that I have taken on as my own with, without, without even really recognizing that, really knowing it. I mean, just taking it on so complete, not questioning it at all. And, um, you know, I mean, not even having the opportunity to question it because it wasn't, it, it didn't come in as, I don't know, it didn't come in that way. You know, there was no choice. There was no choice. Um, and, and so, you know, under, you know, seeing how, you know, just, you know, her just saying, you know, well, so what are you doing for money? Um, which, you know, isn't that bad of a, isn't that bad of a thing. Um, okay, so, but what I got out of that, you know, that interaction is the under, that understanding, the understanding that, um, that, that has affected my sense of self in the world. That has affected my value in the world. My, you know, what is, what, what's the use, you know, what's the use of, of doing something that, um, 
maybe is important to me that that I'm getting um, that I'm actually gaining connection to the world through. Um, and whereas, you know, what my, my mother's thing is just, you know, you got to have a job. <laughs> it doesn't matter what job you have, um, but you got to have a job. Um, and so being able to understand that for my mother, her saying that is not being critical. For my mother slash critical survival parent, that is her way of saying that she loves me. That is her way of saying, I care about you. I want to know that you're able to take care of yourself and not be on the street. Um, and um, and and I, <laughs> you know, the thing is, is that our lives are very different. She did work hard so that I could I, that so that I have the choice of doing you know doing nothing in fact i have the choice of of doing nothing um but um and i know that she consciously worked toward that but her stuff is so ingrained and entrenched in her that that is the only way that she knows how to live that's the only perspective that she knows how to come from i mean it is the thing, you know, like that's what she got from her parents. And that's so that's what she's gonna give to me. Um, and the irony of it though is that she did that, she did went through that work and um so that I wouldn't have to, and yet she is still projecting onto me those same ways of living, the, those same belief structures of this is what you have to do this is <laughs> this is how you know uh you're you're going to be happy um so you know the the fa you know family family dysfunction family dysfunction um is my dysfunction and um so i'm gonna yeah so i'm gonna talk a little bit about the the racial trauma stuff that um, I've been doing in ACA. Um, why why racial trauma? Um, because when I look at my family dysfunction, um, and you know, in my immediate family, my immediate family is so dysfunctional that um, that in a Darwinian sense. This is it. This is the end. Um, I don't have any kids. I I do have a sister. She's not gonna ever have any kids. She um she's never had a relationship. I mean, she I don't know, she's maybe in her late 30s. Um and um and my brother, he's not gonna have any kids. Both like all three of us are completely dissociated and disaffected in, in this way that, um, um, you know, this is the end of the, 
the experiment in a way. Um, that much just that much dysfunction, that much just you know passed down through hundreds, thousands of years. Um, and um, so so within my family, no no addictions, no compulsions. Um, um, and but uh, you know the one thing that I can you know definitely point to is is racism is the racial trauma particularly that my my parents experienced um, and so you know so the experiences of of racism and and you know this is this is just you know what what my parents experienced i mean there are other other people whose lineages of of oppression go back you know much further and and that the systems of um that have carried on um, the legacies of, of you know, maybe not the the same actual um, subjugation um, and oppression, but the thinking, the thinking is is still is still very much in place. The thinking <clears throat> I've I've adopted into you know into my own thinking, um, and. <clears throat> And uh, and so, I mean, because if you know, if one were to look beyond addictions, um, rage, um, that you know, what's behind that? What's behind that? What's behind that? And um, and for me, it's trauma. It's trauma. Um, you know, one of the things that was really illuminating for me um, is, um, you know, from Resma Menachem, who said, um, who talks about um, trauma and knowing when one is experiencing it. Um, so, one and then another of his um, quotes, and I'm going to say it uh, incorrectly, but. Um, Trauma, trauma decontextualized in a in a person looks like personality. Uh, trauma decontextualized in a family looks like family traits, and trauma decontextualized you know, in a group of people looks like culture. Um, and those those are so true, so so true. So, for instance, the personality. Um, so I've always been um, a pretty um, out there person, you know, like I'm not afraid of authority figures and I'm not afraid to stand up for myself. Um, and I found myself a lot of times in, in situations, um, interactions where I had to do that, where I, I had to stand up for myself. I had to set people straight. You know, people were coming at me, <laughs> um, saying who I was or who they what they thought I was saying or this and that. And I always, I always had to set them straight. Um, I realized that- 10 minutes left, the last one.
thank you that that is a trauma response. That anytime I start thinking, oh, this person doesn't understand what I'm saying. Um, oh, that's, that's not what I said. I didn't say that. I, you know, whatever. Um, that's a, that's the trauma response. Um, and, and, and these are things that I thought were, this is my integrity, right? <laughs> this is, this is, this is who I am. Um, I'm not afraid. Um, and, but, you know, but I am, you know, beginning to be able to see that this is one of the ways in which I keep my parents or society or, you know, the oppressors um, responsible for um, decisions that I make today. Um, when, when, because I'm not going to change anybody's mind. I'm not going to change anybody's mind. So, so um, seeing that um, me having a trauma response and, and reacting that, that that is not, that's not really my personality. That is a trauma response. Um, trauma, you know, trauma decontextualized in a family looks like traits. Um, those are the traits. Those are the laundry list traits. Uh, these are the uh, coping mechanisms. These are the the, the ways of thinking that um, that have that have helped me and my family, or you know, to survive. Um, and and then you know, decontextualized in a group of people looks like culture. That one for me is stunning <laughs> that one for me is why um you know um seeing how racism and racial trauma um can affect and and in an entire group of people um in in a to to, to come across in a particular way um and you know one of the things that that really affected me was uh going to a besser besser vanderkul talk and um and he was talking about getting uh the you know cptsd accepted by the american psychiatric association which they still are not willing to do um mostly because of um probably pharmaceutical companies and and the fact that um you know they want to keep they want to be able to keep all of their their little niche uh diagnoses or whatever um but uh so he was talking about the presentation that he gave um and and he showed this these charts of all these different types of trauma that they that they considered and studied to prove um uh, that the child, you know, that the effects of of trauma experienced by children over a long period of time um, is is a thing, um, and and there were like at least 18, 18 different um, types of trauma, and and racism wasn't up there, and I felt, I mean, that just made my heart drop when when 
when I realized that, when I realized that, when I realized that that experience, that, which is felt by a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people <clears throat> of, of all, of all races, um, the effects of it, the effects of it, um, not considered, not even, con and when I, you know, <laughs> really that when I look at it, maybe it is like the root, the root of all of these other, other dysfunctions, maybe, maybe it is. Um, and, and so um, it, it became, you know, kind of important to me. So um, I am incredibly grateful to ACA. I mean, I was able to, with the help of um, a couple of fellow travelers to bring a floor motion to the to this year's ABC to have um, the effects of racism or racial trauma on children um, and families, just to acknowledge within ACA literature that it has an effect, just just to acknowledge. It, it's not, you know, I'm not trying to name all of the types of um, racial trauma that, or an oppression that exists. I'm, I'm not trying to say what we're going to do about it or um, how, how to even necessarily address it. Um, I'm only, you know, my thing is just to have it recognized as having an effect. Um, because heretofore it has not, it is not, <laughs> it is not, it is not. And, um, and it passed and it passed. And so ACA is the first and only 12 step fellowship that is going to, and, and it's begun acknowledge that that racism exists, basically, um, and <clears throat> and I mean, I feel I feel like that's 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 incredible, that's amazing, um, that uh, ACA is willing to to do that, um, and so I'm incredibly proud of <laughs> of, of ACA and of the people you know, that are doing this, you know, do, is doing this with me and, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I, I can see how, you know, once this happens, other fellowships will have to, they'll have to, <laughs> um, um, acknowledge it as well. Um, so, uh yeah, ACA has immensely changed my life um in ways I could have never imagined. Um and and it is about connection for me. I mean, so the last thing I'll say is that uh one thing that my critical survival parent does, anytime, you know, the way I'm able to tell, like, is this my critical survival parent? Is if whatever they're saying that I should do or my impulse to do is to move away from people, 
is to like, oh, I know I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out myself or it will just be easier if I just do this myself instead of trying to explain it to other people. Anytime it is something that moves me away from people, that is my critical survival parent. And that for me, um, and, and as much as difficult as it is sometimes, as much as I <laughs> like, uh, um, that connection, connection is really the, um, the key. Um, just this past weekend, I found out that somebody very important to me um, passed away last week. And, and I didn't find out sooner because I'm not on Facebook. <laughs> this is another like connection thing. And um, and I dealing with death is like, I mean, that's another thing I feel like, you know, is missing in ACA. Um, a lot of Alaska. Thank you. Um, a lot is spoken about grief, um, but not um, not enough about actually death. But but so the last thing I'll say is that um, my impulse is to run away from that and and isolate. But that I believe that the way that I will get through this is by grieving with others grieving with um, other people that also loved and cared about this person and celebrate his life. So thank you for, um, for allowing me to share today. And um, thank you for being here, everybody. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so appreciative. Um, and I pass. Thanks.